Hello, and welcome to another Sports Next Door podcast. My name is Owen. Today is Thursday, December 23rd, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my neighbor, Max. How's it going, my friend? Lil Flustridge caught me off guard for whatever reason. I thought the Sports Next Door holiday break was in effect. Uh, so the text coming about an hour ago asking if I was ready to do seven, I was not prepared for, but... Here we are, and hopefully I've recuperated well enough to put out a half-decent pod with you. Yeah, the the holiday break is in effect, but I thought, well, at least for us as individuals, but I think we we had the space to, to fit in one more pod here before Christmas Eve tomorrow. And so enjoying the, the benefits of what an afternoon podcast brings, um, maybe we'll be able to get it out before the holidays officially begin for everyone tomorrow. Um, and yeah, it's, it's nice to see you right before the holidays. Cause we're about to go dark for a couple of days. So nice to get this one in. Yeah. That never stopping grind. And the fact that you just always have sports on why this podcast is still going and why this partnership ship is working. I wouldn't say that. I, I think we've, we're going to get into some stuff where there's going to be value coming from both sides and Hey, it's like. I have no life besides sports and work. So what else can I do but throw my voice out into the airwaves? Yeah, and I put that voice on YouTube sometimes to <laughs> success. <laughs> love it. We love it. All right, let's get started here so everyone can uh, get to their festivities. We have Football Fan Cave on the docket, a little bit of basketball storylines, and then finishing up with some talk in hockey, really not much there as the NHL is on pause. Uh, but we'll talk a bit about what we're seeing uh, across the sports world. And without further ado, I will jump into the NFL where they keep chugging along, right? And that's what they did last year. That's what they're doing this year. Uh, so games obviously happening on that Tuesday night. That was a little bit out of whack. Normally don't get Tuesday night football, but they just keep the ball rolling, and because of that, the Seahawks, I'm officially declaring them dead on the season after their loss to the Los Angeles Rams. I don't see them making the playoffs, which is a bummer for their fans as they waste a year of Russell Wilson's prime. Obviously, injury is a big part of that for him, but they really need to reconsider whether Pete Garrell is the guy anymore uh, because it's been a couple of lackluster seasons in a row uh, and they don't have a pick in this year's draft or at least a high first round pick as they sent it to the Jets in the Jamal Adams trade a couple of seasons ago. The other Wouldn't team... We, uh, keep the ball spiraling <laughs> we're talking about the NFL. Oh, that's so cheap. I appreciate that. And usually I'm the one making bad jokes on this pod. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> another team that suffered a, a tough loss on Tuesday was the Washington football team falling to the Philadelphia Eagles in a pretty critical matchup that had implications for the wildcard race in the NFC The football team falling to six and eight while the Eagles rising to seven and seven. And, and there's, I believe, four teams all at seven and seven there in the NFC fighting for the final two wildcard spots. So should be fascinating to see how that shapes out. Let's get to Sunday, shall we? But we'll take a quick pit stop 
in tonight's game first, the San Francisco 49ers and the Tennessee Titans. Not the most common Thursday night game. I think these these two, it's it's kind of an odd pairing, NFC-AFC matchup, uh, and one of the franchises being more premier in the NFL, 49ers with a storied history. Tennessee, on the other hand, not as storied, but it's going to be a great matchup. Obviously, injuries on both sides, but the, again, the big thing is, I've said it now three, four weeks in a row, the 49ers are rolling. You can put anyone there at running back and get production. George Kittle's gone up a level. Debo Samuel's been a nightmare for opposing defenses. And Jimmy G has not turned the ball over, which has led to success for him. When he's managing the game and finding the first read, he can be really, really effective. Now, this Tennessee defense was really strong early in the season, especially when they went on their five-game winning streak that propelled them to the top of the AFC. They have suffered some injuries, but can they rekindle some of that juice that they had earlier on in the season and, and look to shut down this 49ers run game? Because if you shut that down, you can start to really hamper what this offense loves to do and what schemes they love to run. So looking to be a great matchup. Can't wait for that. Um, I'd still lead 49ers just with the way that they've been balling as of late, getting a ton of momentum and a win for them in this sense would honestly push them into that division conversation uh, with Arizona and with the Rams as the Cardinals lost last week to the Lions. Uh, and they're in tough against the Indianapolis Colts this week, which is the next game I wanted to get to. Indianapolis, another team like San Francisco, rolling and relying heavily on the run. They threw very few times last week against the Patriots, but Jonathan Taylor uh, taking another step forward in his MVP case and the Colts riding a big win against the Patriots playing in Arizona. It's in the dome. They're used to that as they have a dome of their own. And I think Taylor is going to be very unwelcome to a reeling Cardinals team after two losses in a row. And, he has the potential to break off another huge game um, against a team that, again, is missing some core pieces on both sides. Primarily, the biggest one is DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, that has transformed the ability of their offense. They just don't have that number one guy anymore. A.J. Green getting older. Christian Kirk still more of a slot receiver. Uh, Rondell Moore. Um, again, more of almost like a gimmick guy, a lot of screens, a lot of jet sweeps, but they don't have necessarily that one-on-one -on -one guy that can go open for Kyler. Uh, and so I see Kyler pulling off a couple of crazy pays, but, um, this Indianapolis Colts defense has forced a turnover in every game so far this season. They're tied for the lead league in turnovers. And I think they're going to force a couple. And if Wentz can once again, just steer the ship in the right direction, then this Colts team is going to get another big win and boost their chances of jumping Tennessee here uh, with Tennessee and tough against San Francisco. The next game on the docket, Cleveland Browns, Green Bay Packers. Um, will Baker play in this game is an interesting question. He's fought with injuries all year. Uh, they went with Case Keenum last week. He's fine. Uh, he's, he's as average as it comes, and you're going to see the discrepancy when they go up against Aaron Rodgers, who is – still at the peak of his powers looking like uh, this Green Bay team just continues to win in a variety of ways. Squeaked one out against Huntley and the Baltimore Ravens. I did mention that Green Bay's defense, if there is a weak spot, it is against the run. We've seen it the last couple of years in the playoffs and now seeing it start to show up again this season. If there's one thing that the Browns do is they run the ball. And so 
very possible here that Green Bay, there's a scenario where Cleveland controls possession. They gash them with a couple of big runs and their defense does enough to contain Rodgers and Adams. Doesn't seem likely. I tend to lean towards the over in this game just because it feels like two teams that may not be able to stop each other, but that's truly going to come down to how healthy is the Cleveland O-line and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. All right, last game here to highlight on the docket. Round two, Buffalo Bills, New England Patriots. Going to be a fun one. Uh, Obviously, the Bills getting almost embarrassed in the last one as the Patriots threw three times in that game. Uh, It was also in basically a tornado. So we can't, we can kind of discount the way that that game turned out. This one should be a little bit more normal, although you never know what sort of weather you can get in Foxborough. So uh, we'll be interesting to see here. No Tredavious White for the rest of the season for the Bills, which is big because right now it seems like the formula for beating the Patriots is to force Mac Jones into making some tougher decisions and really trying to stop the run. The Bills aren't great at that. So the Patriots should still have some success on the ground. But if you can force Mac Jones into some tougher reads, he's going to turn the ball over. He's still a rookie. And that's where the Bills have to look. It just looks like a the wrong kind of personnel they have for this matchup. And I still think the Patriots are going to pull this one out at home. Hey, how are the Dolphins doing? <laughs> the Dolphins beat the Jets last week. So continue. I think they're on a six game or six week unbeaten streak, including the bye week. They're at seven and seven right in that playoff picture, along with nine other teams, 10 teams in the AFC are within two games of each other, either eight and six or seven and seven. It's, pretty unbelievable to say the least how many teams are fighting for spot dolphins one of those teams they have a big matchup against the new orleans saints which is definitely winnable with the way they've been playing uh but i still don't i still wouldn't put them up in the class of the patriots and the bills in this division damn it's gonna week 16 17 might be like early playoff weeks eh it's gonna come down to like Pittsburgh has a tie on the season with the lions. It could come down to something as stupid as that. Uh, we might have quite a few different tiebreakers that decide the uh, wildcard results, which is fantastic. You can't ask for anything better in, in sports, two big games that will help in the AFC and the NFC races respectively, as we have the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals going at it again, and the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington football team. Also a big divisional matchup this week to watch. That's it for Football Fan Cave. We're going to transition now into basketball storylines. Max, uh, I'll let you kick things off. All right, we'll get into basketball first then. Uh, I think I'll actually throw it back to you for this. You've got a bit of a note on a one silver lining of COVID here to talk about. Yeah, okay, we can talk silver linings first before we jump into uh, a deeper discussion here. It's fun that players who are retired or overseas or whatever the case may be are finally getting an opportunity here due to un just unknown circumstances uh extreme circumstances and we've had a couple of players show up i mean some of the rosters in last night's game i couldn't name you a third of the roster guys that basically seem made up quite frankly, but we did have a couple of standout guys get some action in the NBA. Uh, First of which taco fall normally end of the bench guy. 
he gets in as a starter against his former team, the Boston Celtics. Um, and <laughs> just so fun to watch extended minutes of a guy who, who feels a little bit like a gimmick. Although we saw guys like Boban Mar- Marjanovic have a decent impact in the playoffs last year, but <laughs> it completely changes the geometry of the game. He's so impactful offensively where he'll sit in the paint and you've got to have, someone always trying to box him out. Like all the attention goes there. You don't want to let him get the ball because he's in so close, but at the same time, he just doesn't have the hands of a Boban, which really separates the two of them. So he missed a lob on one point and he has the slowest post moves ever. It's, and he has to lumber up and down the court. A lot of his rebounds uncontested because Williams didn't even want to try grabbing it. And then on the offensive end, it was a lot of volleyball tapping. Uh, from taco fall he had a bit of an impact nothing too extreme because defensively he has to sit in the paint he's not mobile and so jalen brown and jason tatum in that game taking a screen kind of hovering around the foul line making all of those mid-range shots just mid-ranging taco fall to death because he wanted to stay and protect the rim he did so twice uh, and four points 10 rebounds not the worst stat line in the world but you can see why he hasn't gotten this extended run I think it's just fun that the NBA is giving some of these guys opportunities. We saw Isaiah Thomas. And then last night, Lance Stevenson getting called up from the G league to play with the Atlanta Hawks. He only had one point (laughs) in his run uh, there with the Hawks went 0 of five, but he did have five assists and eight rebounds. So contributing in different ways uh, for that team. And then, I mean, they did lose to Orlando. So maybe, maybe not the best trend there, but the big one, The Boston Celtics, what, 19 years after drafting him, Joe Johnson, ISO Joe, back in the game for the Celtics, has one just super pretty mid-range jumper, uh, and that's kind of all she wrote for him. He came in near the end of that game, but really, really cool to see him at 40 years of age, drafted in 2001. Um, Fun to watch him get a little bit of run, and who knows what we'll see over the next week if they don't postpone the games, what sorts of guys are going to get in there. Uh, people were asking for like a MJ comeback for a minute, just step out there on the court. He could knock down some threes. Uh, Adam Sandler getting picked up off the street. We've seen his highlights over and over on SportsCenter. Uh, just a couple of possibilities thrown out there. Really, in all honesty, it it would be great to see some guys who have never gotten an NBA run to have an opportunity, a couple diamonds in the rough. You never know could pop out. Uh, but just really fun to have those guys get an opportunity in this wacky time uh, in the NBA. I saw a headline, I think, or a quote from doc rivers who like loves his veterans, right? Uh, saying like, man, I'm getting nonstop texts from guys. You would not believe asking for a chance to play. And I'm like, play, play what golf you can't fucking play basketball (laughs) Uh, so the one i saw that did seem maybe most plausible was give vince carter a 10-day hardship because he never really got to say goodbye and he's coming not too too long off his playing days compared to some of these other dinosaurs so of all the unlikely possibilities that one seemed the likeliest to me yeah, I wouldn't say no to a Vince Carter. Yeah, just come on, Raps. Do it, you cowards. Let him say goodbye in here. Well, the Raps won't be playing this week as they go through an outbreak. But yeah, that would be a cool moment for sure.
and then you've got your Christmas game previews. Yeah, I just honestly, it was kind of go through the games and let's list off all the guys who are going to miss them. Um, oh, uh, a couple of these right off the top are just non-starters. Yeah, possible Trey Young won't be in the Madison Square Garden game, which is what we had. This was maybe the main game we had circled when we did our beginning of the season preview. Um, an absolute villain to all New York fans and is one for theater. It will suck if he's not able to go in that game due to protocols because that was what we've been waiting for for so long. Um, the Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks, it's possible that Giannis could be out for that game. On the other side, the Celtics looking okay. Al Horford, Grant Williams, Josh Richardson, and his Cantor Freedom. Nothing, none of their like true, true starters. Obviously, the Brooklyn Nets, a multitude of players missing time, including Kyrie, KD, Cam Thomas, LaMarcus Aldridge, Dayron Sharp, Bruce Brown, DeAndre Bembry, like, they might have the longest list here of 10 players. So it would be tough if, if they were going to miss their game against the Lakers because that is set to be an awesome one. Luka Doncic for the Mavericks may be out in the game against the Utah Jazz. So <laughs> it's really hard to know what we're going to see from these teams on the on game night. But in any case, if we are able to get 80% of their rosters in there uh, by the time we're ready to go, then it's going to make for a great day of basketball. Um, I think the one I was particularly excited for was Atlanta, New York, but I'm going to probably have to switch that now to Golden State, Phoenix, just with the way those two teams have been playing. We get round three, uh, and hopefully most of them are staying healthy. They live in warmer climates, um, so hopefully they're performing more ac outdoor activities and we'll be ready to go for their game on Christmas. Right, and then... Moving along, something that also begins Christmas Day, the all-star selection voting. And here at Sports Next Door, we try and defend our picks with reasons and facts, logic, destroy each other in those arenas, uh, making our predictions for the regular season and for the playoffs. So I thought, why not just maybe we could try and have a little more fun with this, just off the top of your head, who would you like to see as the All-Star East starters, All-Star West starters? Since I'm throwing this to you uh, in the moment, I'm going to go first. Okay, so thanks. For me, the, my All-Star West starting five would be Steph, uh, Donovan Mitchell, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, and... Hmm. Man, I thought I had these. The list I'm looking at says Draymond, which like I'm not opposed to, but is there anyone else? You know what? We'll we'll keep Draymond in there. So Steph, Donovan, LeBron, Draymond, Jokic. Then the East was a little easier for me. I had Lamelo, uh, Demar, uh, Katie. Embiid and Giannis. Okay, interesting. Um, I guess looking at this list of players here, LeBron, I will get in if we're just purely predicting. No, this isn't a prediction. Just your okay. five all star. Okay, like you get to build the starters. Well, then I'll probably go similar to you in the West with Steph, Mitchell, uh, Jokic. 
who was the fifth one there besides LeBron? And Draymond. Draymond. Uh, and I'll probably go Paul George over LeBron. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, or even Devin. I'll go Devin Booker over Draymond Green as okay. well. Um, one of him or Chris Paul has to be in that that starting yeah. five there. And then I would say in the East, probably got Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, Giannis, of course, DeMar DeRozan. <sighs> and then that last one there, tough you to say. Kevin. Even you could consider you know you like, what? You know you want to. I'm not putting Fred Van Vliet in the starting lineup. Uh, okay. He definitely deserves a spot, but probably not going to throw him in there. You could consider even like a Darius Garland. You could consider a LaMelo ball. <sighs> this is really tough. Um, it's supposed to be easy and fun, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess if you, if you go, I'm going to leave it at that four. I don't think anyone's earned that fifth spot yet for me in the oh. starting lineup. Um, so we'll leave it at that for another guy that I wanted to highlight in the West who might have a shot to break this, the all-star. And we just haven't talked about this team all year. And honestly, it's, it's been tough to find bright lights, but DeJounte Murray of the San Antonio Spurs has been averaging nearly a triple double so far this season uh, has gone under the radar because that team is just frankly uninspiring. Um, and doesn't have necessarily the, the, the players that really jump off the page. Now, of course, excellent group of players, some young talent, lots to be excited about if you frame it the right way. And I don't want to trash on this team. Um, and that's why I'm showing, I'm highlighting DeJounte Murray. It's been great so far this season and wanted to give him a little bit of love because we haven't talked about them too much so far this year. Looking at the season DeMar's having with the Bulls, what do you think the price for Murray would be? And do you think any team can afford it? Yeah. Also, I want to throw Joel Embiid into my Eastern five. Oh, I had him, didn't I? I don't know. But that that's the guy I had to throw yeah. in. I just thought of it now, and, and I didn't want to have kept, people screaming <laughs> bloody murder. You kept Giannis out, eh? No, I or had Giannis. You, oh, so you've got Tatum... MB, Katie, Giannis, Durant, DeRozan. Okay, so DeRozan's your point guard. Yeah, yeah, which I think he can do. Honestly, in the fourth quarter. Yep. Yeah. It's a fourth quarter All Star team. Yeah. There you go. I mean, usually there's one or two guys who are in the reserves that end up being your yeah. kind of crunch time guys, but yeah, no, I feel good with that lineup. Price for Murray. Well, first, I don't know if San Antonio would move off of him. No. Like there's a huge age difference there between Demar yeah. and Murray, and and I just don't know many places where he fits because he is not the best shooter. Um, he's he's th- obviously thriving right now in San Antonio, but but that's because there is a lot of production up for grabs. Yeah. So th- he's making the most of that extra opportunity to to grow those stats. But again, like off the top of my head, there's there's a possibility that you could look into a Murray Simmons type swap because you've got a bigger big guy who can space the floor a little bit more. It's someone maybe you could put beside Jokic in Denver, but they don't necessarily have the pieces to make it work because their two top guys who they want to put with him are injured right now, Importer and Murray. 
Um, I could see DeJounte fitting well with like a Cleveland maybe. You move off of Colin Sexton, get DeJounte Murray. He would fit really well beside uh, Darius Garland and just add a ton of more length to an already pretty sizable team. Um, But I just think if you're San Antonio, unless something really exciting jumps out at you, nothing you're going to get back really fits your timeline. Even if you get a star or uh, like a Simmons, for example, Simmons is, is almost in that stage where he wants to win now, despite some of his flaws and, and that, that Spurs team, I think they're still willing to, to leave room for these guys to grow. Yeah. None of those teams, if I'm San Antonio have anything I want except the nuggets and the nuggets aren't trading those pieces you want. I guess love a Mobley, but again, Cleveland's not trading Mobley. Um, I, I am having a chuckle at the thought of Simmons playing under Popovich. Yeah, it's it was something that was talked about in the off season, but like you say, I just well, Popovich is a guy though that has worked with plenty of stars. They yeah. just don't all have the personality of a Ben Simmons, so it's possible he yeah. could figure out a way around it. Simmons actually pretty lucky. Doc Rivers is a guy who loves to cater to his stars, and I just he's got to find somewhere that's going to let it ride. It don't it feels like Golden State's the place, but there there's not really a move to be made there yeah i I say i'm having a chuckle at popovich and simmons because it just the what i think of line each's personality is so opposing but it's not like i can think of a coach where i go oh yeah they would do great with ben simmons um the, the general sentiment though across the league though is that ben simmons probably should get moved soon because of how amazing Joel Embiid looks right now, you're you're almost wasting a year with with just sitting that guy off in the sidelines. No, that's if I I don't know if we're gonna get our top ten top tens in for the year, but if we do a top ten GM miscues, uh, the way Daryl Morey has handled Ben Simmons would certainly be in mind. So there's a little preview for y'all. All right, I think we'll move along to talking hockey and then we'll wrap up with this other thing um, because there's kind of a common thread we can connect these two segments in to end off the show. But first, to neither of our surprise, something we've each been calling for weeks, the NHL has officially backed out of the 2022 Olympics. We will not get best on best men's hockey there. Um, And... The reasoning presented for this, just they've had to cancel so many games in the month of December that this is the easiest way to make it up. And it was something that the league knew they could not force the players' hands on because of how upset the players were at missing the 2018 Olympics and how hard they bargained to be able to go to these 2022 Olympics. But With the COVID protocols, their family considerations in place, most players feeling pretty uneasy at the prospect of going to the Olympics. And as a result, this decision seemed fairly inevitable. Yeah, we had already gone through all of the potential downfalls of sending players to the Olympics and the disincentives that players had for going. But I just feel bad for some of these guys 
the, the big name that stands out is Steven Stamkos with the injury he suffered um, and just missing out when he was entering the NHL of making that team probably should have made the team way back in 2004, but, uh, or 2006, 2006. No, he got drafted in 08. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm, I'm overestimating how old Steven is. Then yes, 2010, pardon me. Uh, so never, probably not going to have a chance to win gold with Canada now with, with missing that Olympics, then getting hurt. And then of course pulling out of Pyeongchang and then now COVID taking its bite. I mean, he's got two Stanley cups, so that can help him sleep better at night, but it's just a bummer that we still haven't seen Connor McDavid put on that, that Olympic team Canada uniform yet. Yeah. The biggest bummer for me that we'll never get to see him do so alongside Sidney Crosby, most likely I, the world cup is a fucking firefly next to the moon. When you talk to comparing it versus the Olympics, I would love some sort of consolation event in the next two years. I don't know what that could look like. Um, there's no way that NHL agrees to just put a big pause in the middle of its season and hold a pseudo Olympics, but I think and hope we'll get something. Uh, this is a massive bummer for a lot of players and fans, but yeah, there's not a lot that can be said. Another bummer off the top of my head is I'm really looking forward to the damage Team Germany is going to do uh, the next with Dreisaitl and Stutzla. Yeah, definitely a fun team. The The hockey world is continuing to catch up. Um, but this is, yeah, this was going to be a pretty great spectacle of the progress that a lot of those countries have made. Not to be. We'll wait until uh, until the next one, I guess. Yep. 2026, mark your calendars. <laughs> uh, what else you got for hockey? The only other bit of news I had here was the Calgary Flames and the city of Calgary not seeing eye to eye. Um, from what I've heard, there was a plan in place to build a new arena, uh, and then the Flames started asking for more and more from the city. Uh, the deal has now fallen through. There is not going to be a new arena built in Calgary. I feel bad for the fans that that saddle dome has now been around for a very long time and they are desperately in need of a new building. Uh, we think of the flooding that happened there a couple of years ago. Eventually they're going to get a deal done, but uh, it it's truly like the greed coming from the top of the owners they're relying on the city to pay their bills and sometimes if you want to get something done you just gotta put it down and and, and just foot the bill and we'll see if that ends up happening if enough pressure comes from the public i but until then flames fans are going to continue to have to attend the saddle dome which isn't the worst thing in the world you still got hockey um but they are missing out on a uh, superior experience if a new arena came to be. All right. And then going to wrap up this show with something a little different here. Talking about all these basketball games on Christmas Day that we're not going to get to see. The NHL literally paused right now. No Olympics because the NHL is literally paused right now. So I'm 
I've uh, shouted out CBC the buzzer before. I'm really trying to optimize my email to just only get things that I actually enjoy reading in it. What a concept, right? And of course, all my credit card bills. Uh, but anyway, CBC the buzzer, one of those Monday to Friday, 4 p.m., just get a little quick five-minute read on whatever's going on in the Canadian sports world. This an excerpt from that regarding the NHL being battered by COVID. Not everyone is on board with the NHL's cautious approach. With every player in the league but one, at least double vaccinated, and those who have tested positive over the last couple of weeks appearing to experience nothing more than mild symptoms, some players are reportedly grumbling about having to miss games when they're not feeling sick. Some would reportedly like to see the NHL be more like the NFL, which responded to a spike in asymptomatic positive tests by tightening rules around teams experiencing outbreaks, but also making it easier for vaccinated and asymptomatic players who test positive to return to practice and games. Winnipeg Jets goalie Connor Hellebuck went on record today as favoring that approach, calling the extended holiday break overkill and suggesting the NHL ought to be more flexible. You see leagues like the NFL who are adapting and I think doing things right, he said. So all this in the context of the product going way downhill because of so many players going out. And the other context I want to throw on this is COVID isn't going away. It, it's simply five, 10 years from now, people are still going to be testing positive for COVID. So you, five years from now, we can't still be at a point where every season, a good one eighth to third of the season is heavily impacted by teams shutting down, going into protocol, losing star players. So the question, how do we get to a point where players can someday have COVID feel totally fine and get on the court, the arena and play the sport. Oh, are we there right now? So I, I mentioned to you, you this off air. Um, and then I want to first preface what I'm about to say with the fact that right now COVID is not the flu. It is so much worse. We know that the death rate, um, the long lasting symptoms, the reason why right now, Players are not allowed to play asymptomatic double vax because we still do not know how to treat this virus. We haven't discovered a method for that yet. So again, the symptoms are long lasting. They can be hugely impactful on the lives of people. Um, folks get out of bed in the morning, soreness, they can barely move, they have trouble breathing, going up the stairs. It's it's really harmful right now. And until we figure out a way to treat it, it is it, and can be devastating. Those people can get infected because players are still carrying the virus. They can still transmit it. However, unlikely it is when they're asymptomatic. And so it leads to those in a vulnerable population possibly getting exposed and dying or having those extreme symptoms. So right now we're not in a place to be able to allow players to continue to play when they're asymptomatic because we're trying to stop the spread of this virus and contain the death rate of this virus until we can figure out how to treat it and until 
we can figure out ways to keep the more vulnerable population safer. That could be as soon as eight months from now when a newer vaccine is created that targets more proteins in the virus. That could be a year from now when there's an approved pill from the FDA that's being produced by Pfizer right now that can help treat some of the symptoms. Um, it's possible, just can't happen right now, but I definitely see it happening in the future. It is going to become similar to the flu. That's why I prefaced at the beginning, it's not there now, but it can be like it, where we'll have an endemic virus where there's a different sort of strain each year that we have to be able to treat just like you take your flu medication, we'll have COVID medication. And that is the point that we need to reach that will allow the players to play through symptoms that they're having. Yeah, I think I said you off air. You think about Michael Jordan's flu game. And like in this context, you imagine like if a player could somehow cheat the system and show up in the playoffs, COVID (laughs) positive and drop 40 or whatever the hockey football equivalent of that is you wonder how that would be received and viewed. Uh, The only two things I would add to what you said, which I mostly agree with, is that I would love to see a long-term peer-reviewed above criticism study on how double-vaxxed people uh, deal or the extent to which they receive long-term symptoms. And if we get to a point where that is just you're just as likely to have long-term symptoms from COVID if you're double vaxxed as you are from the flu. That would be a breaking point for me. And as well, the place where my heart really goes out to these players is practice. If you're asymptomatic positive and you're just stuck in a room and you can't practice, you can't put shots on that, you can't get a feel for skating and you feel totally fine, but you just have to stop for 10 days. And then you have one day to turn it around and get back into tip top game shape. I think that's really brutal. And I would love to see some work around there that can at least let these players safely stay in shape without exposing anyone to the virus. So there you have it. Two expert epidemiologists giving you our take. I hate that word. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So there you have it. That's hopefully what the future looks like. Um, It's a great point about practicing. That's a big thing that needs to be addressed, but not our job. Our job is just to talk and complain and debate about it, which I think we've done enough for today. I appreciate you guys for listening. We hope everyone has a happy, merry, safe holiday season. Um, And we will see you on next week after the holidays, maybe have one or two more shows before the new year. Uh, And yeah, that's going to do it for this one. Thank you everyone so much. Max, I'll leave it to you. Happy holidays to all and to all uh, Sports Next Door signing out. (laughs) 